You're listening to the Salty Sex Cast with Mariah and friends. Minimize the fear. Expand your awareness. Well, we are back. It's another week and you can't get rid of me or enough of me. I don't know, however you want to swing it. This is Mariah with the Salty Sex Cast. I am a nationally board certified health and wellness coach, certified health education specialist, and I geek out on sex and I want you to as well. I have a new friend to introduce you all to. I have Dr. Aditi Paul, and she is a dating and relationship researcher also a professor based in New York city, but she used her dual background in tech or technology and relationship science to examine how dating apps are transforming people's personal and sexual lives. So I'm so excited to talk about this. I have um, some personal stories with this, but also I'm just a wonderful person. I'm excited to have Uh, welcome Aditi. Thank you so much, Maria, for, for that warm introduction, even though I wrote it for you <laughs> and I'm forcing people to say it. <laughs> um, but thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on your podcast and talks, talk all things sex. Uh, all things sex. We're going to just go through a whole journey. This episode is going to be really exciting. Um, but first of all, I want to know how you got started with sex. Well, um, there is a an appropriate answer and there's an inappropriate answer. Which one do you want? Um, give it to me dirty, please. Ah! <laughs> okay. All right. Since, since we have struck up a chord, I'm going to give you the most inappropriate version. Well, um, my, my interest in, in online dating honestly started in a very desperate mode, not, not sexual desperation yet that comes in later. This was a desperation mode when I was going through my PhD program. Uh, and I really did not have any publications back then. And the first publication that I had to get out the door before I could graduate um, just happened to be in online dating. And lo and behold, it was a paper that went super, super viral. Uh, and that, yeah, that that showed me something that people were interested in in online dating. And not just that, they were interested in the alter side of online dating because this is back in 2014 we're talking about when online dating is still in its nascent phases it's it's still in its nascent phase but it was like nascenter and my research showed that well online dating is great one out of what five americans are meeting their partners online but that does not take away from the fact that the other four are <laughs> extremely jaded and they they are not having a good time it's a revolving door process people are just tired and and my research showed that and that counter argument really took off so i pursued my research on online dating but when 2020 came, I was reaching a saturation point with online dating because I was seeing the same things produced by researchers within and without academia. Um, but that was also the time when I got my hands on this book called American Hookup, The New Culture of Sex on Campus. And this was a book that was written in 2016, 2017 by this person named Lisa Wade, brilliant scholar. And she talked about how the landscape of sex is changing and campuses but there was no mention of dating apps. I'm like, this cannot be it. Like on one hand, we have Tinder, which has gained the popularity as the hookup app. And we're talking about hookups on college campuses. How can we not talk about Tinder? Yeah. So that that sparked an interest. 
And the inappropriate part of the story is Tinder is known as the hookup app and I may or may not have used it as one. Um, and I just wanted to know if other people are <laughs> doing it, doing this with me or like I was, was I the only one? Thankfully, I was not the only one. Um, there, there are multiple Instagram pages called one of them called the whole phase. Honestly, it's called the whole phase or like the Tinder, uh, like, you know, horror tales. There are multiple I just took all of those and turned it into a very educational research project. And that's what led to my book. So exciting. So <laughs> selfishly, you wanted to validate your human experience and what Absolutely. you were. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm like, are other people doing this or not? Yeah. Okay. So your book, uh, The Current Collegiate Hookup Culture. So this is really what is happening to our, our Gen Z on colleges, colleges, college campuses. I promise I went to school as well. <laughs> um, so really fascinating to hear just all the work that you put in to also help others. Like, yes, thank you. It's a one in four. So you said one in five, it's sorry, one in five are successful with online dating. To find a partner, long-term partner? Well, my, my research did not delve so much into mm -hmm. online dating. Um, this is previous research. According to Pew Research, uh, one in four people who met, uh, who got married, met their partners online. This is, I'm talking about, like, really old research. I think the numbers might have changed. Um, but, you know, online dating is, is a double-edged sword. Uh, it gives you infinite choices, but that also means infinite failures. Um, because you're giving everybody a chance, right? Like you don't walk down the street or you don't walk into campus and like speak with everybody in the class who is remotely attractive. Mm -hmm. um, but you're doing that on an, on an online dating platform and we're still judging this new way of dating with old dating rules. And that's where the frustration comes in. Uh, so we really need to get our expectations correct about online dating. Um, it's just a different way of, courtship and we are still in the figuring out phase like how, how do I how do I handle this thing in my hand that gives me access to people who I would not have met in real life um, but also not drive myself crazy oh I can really relate to that um, just knowing friends that are in this world right now and I'm like I do not wish to be there I know right Ugh. I met my spouse online but this was 12 years ago. And so okay. it was very different. No, Wait, I want to guess which, which website did it was it, was it a website? It has to be a website. It cannot it be an a, app. Yeah. It was a yeah. website. Cause there's mm. no apps. <laughs> Is it, was it, was it, was it match.com? No. Plenty of fish. Yes. Oh my God. Yay! I can try. Look at P -O -F. you. P-O-F. Yes. P-O-F is an OG player, but tell mm -hmm. me how your experience was. Um, so I, I was a young single mom. Um, and so I, I was very picky and very, uh, like I had a high expectation, but I also wasn't like, here's just for this experience. I had, I was outcome driven. Mm -hmm. I was like, you're going to be this, this, and this, or you are not going to talk to me. You didn't have time to fuck around. You're like, not at all, not mm -hmm. at all. And mm -hmm. so I had on my page, hi, this is me, blah, blah, blah. Here's plenty of photos. I'm not catfishing you. Here's my body. Like, I don't care. Cause that's important to me too. Yeah. But 
if you, if this isn't important, don't talk to me. If this isn't important, don't talk to me. If this isn't important, don't talk to me. If you think I'm a bitch, I don't really care because I'm going to, you're going to waste my time. And I had several, um, uh, like bad messages sending, like, you can't be that picky if you're going to be online Mm. dating. And I was like, yeah, I can. No one's here to tell me I can't. Um, or, uh, why, why is this? And like wanting to break down my values or important things. And I was like, bye. Like you just proved to me that you're not worth my time. I shouldn't have to defend those ever. Mm-hmm. And so for being as young as I was on there, I mean, under 21 to mm-hmm. do that and, and be just such a young single mom. And, and it was really nice though, because I had very like boom, boom, boom. You knew what you wanted. I did, but then I was, I was surprised on a couple and there was, you know, a couple guys before when I met my husband that I was like, oh, I could maybe see this work. But, and then when he came, I was like, oh my gosh, like that, I would have had to really change what I was looking for. And you are bringing in all this and a whole, you know, bunch more than I wasn't expecting. And I'm really happy to have that and who you are. Um, so 12 years later, we always laugh. Our first date was McDonald's because we were like, no, we're not spending a lot of money and it's a quick out. And so like, we're just going to meet real quick. And if we don't vibe, Mm -hmm. we're out of here. Um, and it had Wi-Fi McDonald's back then. And he did my accounting homework. It was really romantic. Oh, if that does not seal the deal, I don't know what will. Just doing, <laughs> if you at least get extra credit out of your dates, you know, and that's, that's, that's all it is. But you know what, I, I'll tell you this, um, I wish I could do the study where we, we calculate the frustration people have with using dating apps with their intention, because what I'm hearing from your story and also from another story, uh, there is this, uh, woman called, you should check her out. Uh, she's, a local influencer her name is Lynn Hazan and she's also a single mother uh, but she's in her 40s I mean I think she's 38 but she doesn't look a day older than like and her body is banging like I and I'm, and I'm a heterosexual woman so like she she takes care of herself um, and she talked about how she met her now fiance going to get married in in two months how they met on online dating mm-hmm. and she had to go through that frustration phase like right now now the formula to being successful in online dating is to not be successful enough times before that is you will have a phase of like downloading the app getting frustrated getting yourself out of there having an almost relationship where you're trying to make this guy work that failing and then you ultimately meeting the guy like I'm I'm, I'm seeing this trajectory being followed Mm -hmm. and this woman just like you was very clear about her intentions because she too had a daughter and she's just not going to make any random guy meet the daughter and integrate her in her life. You have to be a certain kind of person to do that. And she had that intentionality. So the more clear your intentions, I think the better your results are with online dating. Like you, if you go into online dating with the mentality of like, I'm just going to play the field, then it gets really, really tricky because you get into that with like, oh, I don't know what I want. And then you meet a cute guy or a girl and then you catch feelings, God forbid. And then it becomes tricky because, hey, this other person thought you're just playing the field. What's up with this commitment vibe? So 
we need to have our intentions set straight if we have to be successful in online dating. And success does not necessarily mean getting a partner. Mm -hmm. It could just mean maximizing your sexual experience. But we really need to make sure that our intentions are straight. Um, and we're not just like playing the field and like, oh, what do you want? What do I want? We're just going to discover. You're just going to oh. get burned really quick. I'm already seeing like an assessment with like a love score, a hookup score, right? a, like a, you know, adult friend score. And you get like this little, you know, colored number that right? means something. And then it's like, Hey, so-and-so 30 miles away. I don't know. I don't know. What's the radius these days? <laughs> Probably. I don't even know. I haven't, I haven't used the day, but I'll tell you this though, that the, the, the people who had a higher frustration with dating apps were also the people who used multiple dating apps. Oh, I so, <laughs> like, I can barely handle one. And I was right? getting messages oh so much. I was like, oh, this is a full-time job. I'm just like, no, no, nope. no, no. And there's only so many copy paste things, but no thanks. Yeah. Like, no, I'm just, I'm, I mean, I can only be so witty once in a day, like to put like witty ass prompts and like bumble and then hinge. I just don't have time. No. no. <laughs> so if anyone's looking to capitalize on the, you know, uh, assistant, online assistant, I think some folks need help. They need a dating online assistant. You be witty for them. <laughs> yeah. Just go yeah. Just be there. witty for them. Like, tell me what you want. I need the I cliff understand. notes. Go on the date. It's great. Yeah. I'll make you look real nice. I mean, you know what? With the way things are going, there's going to be an artificial intelligence agent. Like, we... We are too evolved to be having these just stupid conversations like these small talks. Aren't you tired of small talks, Maria? Tell me. Uh, yes and no. Like I you're want not, more. You're not being my friend now. I mean, I just needed an immediate no. <laughs> like, right. I just and it's, and it is different too post-COVID. And it yeah. was like, I don't know. I don't like just the, the weird how's your day going texts. Yeah. And so I've just become a non-texter totally. And it's like, yeah. send me the important details. Tell me how you're thinking of me, but don't expect much back. It's more like, mm -hmm. yeah, you, me too. See you then. Yeah. I just, I, that, those quick exchanges aren't for me. I'm very much, yeah. I want to record a podcast and chat yeah. with friends every yeah. Sunday night. <laughs> Tell me your trauma response. Right. <laughs> Go there. No, I'm, I'm totally kidding. But, um, but yeah, there's, there's a multiple reasons why on the online dating area, it has become very tricky over the years and, um, fixes like, Oh, like we're not going to go, uh, we're not going to chat. We're just going to meet face to face or doing, um, what do you call that? Like speed dating. These are just cheap hacks, which does not really get into the, the core problem of online dating. That is think about online dating as a 1099 buffet, right? Like it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's enticing because you have so many choices, but the choices may just give you diarrhea. Like you're quality is not great. Quality is not great. But we we or or like a wardrobe filled with Shein clothes. Like yeah, you can get four dollar, five dollar tops, but then it's a one time wear. It's not sustainable. Versus a good hundred twenty dollar blazer from Zara. It's gonna last you. <laughs> I don't want to commodify love, but that's the way that I understand 
the problem with online dating. That is, uh, we are cheapening human interactions at a time where we are really seeing that people value deep conversations. People value meaningful connections. So online dating websites that foster that meaningful collection or gets you closer to that have a higher chance of being successful than ones than ones which just like you know prompt us to use other humans as a, a deck of cards it does and it instead of increasing that connection it's like quickest way out of it let's right. swipe one way or the other you know mm. on a very quick judgment i mean at least with plenty of fish i there was a whole profile several photos and it was a lot, I can't remember what my threshold or, or thing was before I would let someone go on a date with me, like yeah. let, like I was like, okay, right. but, and then to meet my son, um, I'm pretty sure it was only my husband mm. that met my son, maybe one other guy, but I don't think I didn't meet him online. I knew him from a different, so for any of that, that threshold was so high, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, just asking yourself again, the whole intention, why are you on there? And what's going to bring that value that you want? Do you want to just turn them and burn them? Sure. Mm -hmm. This is what, what works for you. I like that. Turn them and burn them. (laughs) Did you just come up with that? Is that that a thing? I think that's a thing um, somewhere. Is that just in Utah? Oh my gosh. We need to get it out of Utah. (laughs) We need to get it out of Utah. Like, please teach me. Clearly Utah is doing it right. Um, <laughs> or are we? You are. Oh. Excuse me. We have talked about this before the podcast. How yeah. Utah is getting things right. Green Jello and soaking. Yes, let's together go or separate is okay Listen, too. I mean, just soaking is just just this human ingenuity at its best. I think, mm-hmm. like how to get around this moral fallacy without breaking the rules and like. Fallacy. Yes. Just, just wow. I mean, I'm amazed by this. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really, it's cool. Uh, and people who don't know soaking, please don't, don't get us into a position where we have to describe soaking to you. Just Google yeah. it. You should Google it. Introduce yourself to that Actually, wonderful you know side don't of Google the Google it. You Urban Dictionary. That's yes. where you're going to find the real tea. <laughs> the real tea. Yeah. So I want to hear how, how did you learn about it? And what was your initial reaction? To soaking? Yes. Oh, wow. How did I even learn about smoking? Uh, I did it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, no, no judgment. No, no. This is a judgment. I don't, I don't think, I don't think I qualify. Like I am, I'm going to be the first Brown Mormon. That's not happening. <laughs> I, I just don't know if they exist. Um, I didn't know about smoking. It was one of my friends and we went to Utah. I did the Utah Big Four. I couldn't do the Utah Big Five. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went, I didn't even know there was a Utah Big Five. Um, or Utah Five, I don't know. Um, any which way, me and my friends, we were on this trip and we were talking about my research and then one of my friends, she's a big, she's just like a walking and talking book of trivia. Like she will know the most innocuous facts about facts. And she talked to me about soaking and I'm like, really? Like, that's what it is? Because I've heard and I, and when I was doing my research and this is, you know, taking it back into research terms, This is really an area we need to explore, jokes apart. That is, when we talk about how religion affects your participation in hookups, 
most of that, because it is done in a predominantly white, predominantly heterosexual and predominantly uh, Christian universities, Mm -hmm. it always skews toward those populations. So we really don't get to see how Muslim Americans are navigating the area of hookups, how Mormon Americans are doing that, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. All we know from the research based on the population that I mentioned, uh, and even that research is mixed, that does religion affect the way you will hook up? One part of the story says, you know what, If, if, if religion will negatively impact your participation in hookups, that is, if you are religious, then you're going to be less likely to hook up because religion, just like Christianity, they uh, they talk about chastity, etc. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, that's something that runs parallel across all religions. And then this other camp says that, wait a minute, being religious can increase your chances of hooking up because of two reasons. One of those reasons is that sex can be sex without being sex. So you can give a hand job and not call it having sex, or you can give a blow job and not call it having sex, or you can make out and do upper body stuff and not call it sex. You can sometimes even have anal sex and not call it sex because it's not Mm -hmm. vaginal sex. I'm talking about heterosexual relationships. So there are ways to get around that. So that's one one reason why people could explore their sexuality within the confines of religion without breaking the norms. And another camp of researchers said, wait a minute, like religion can increase your chances of hooking up because you're hooking up, you're, you're interacting with people who are like-minded like you. Uh, for example, if you go to a ministry, So you're looking at people, you're interacting with them who are like-minded, who may have the possibility of turning into a a, a long-term partner, but Mm -hmm. for now you're hooking up with them because you have access to a pool of desirable individuals. So that can increase your chances of hooking up. So there are different ways of looking at it. So even the research that we have on religion and uh, hookups is divided so we cannot conclusively say that, oh, because you're a Mormon, you're going to be less likely to hook up. We don't have enough research on that. Mm-hmm. It really is interesting um, to hear and, and where a lot of shame can come from mm-hmm. as well um, because of that, you know, uh, religion and especially high demand religions, you know, like you said, Muslim, Mormon, um, you know, so many others that really have a high value of purity. Um, and so it's, it's interesting. So you're going to find that whole backdoor to it, quote Mm -hmm. unquote, quote unquote, (laughs) (laughs) of, you know, soaking or, um, so I grew up Mormon and I remember my Bishop asking me about this stuff as a teenager, cause we're supposed wow. to stay pure. So they, they will ask you, you're in a room alone. They have changed that, that if you're un, under 18, you can't be alone in a room um, with your Bishop. But I was, and, you know, asking me if we were petting and I was like, what is petting? Like, oh I don't even gosh. know. So he's describing this to me. And I was like, this is so uncomfortable. This ah. is. I mean, if you weren't a church leader, I would say this is not okay. But since you're a church leader, I trust wholeheartedly that this is right. completely normal and okay. Now as an adult, I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, not okay. Not um, okay. Did you, did you, did you, 
tell somebody about like you know feeling uncomfortable um well it's always uncomfortable right because you're 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 talking about your sins and so if you had not sinned it wouldn't be uncomfortable but since you had sinned that's your guilt and that's that's um the holy ghost telling you you need to uh, tell someone else about it. And so oh, so you were confessing to him. And then mm-hmm. in that in that flow of conversation, he asked if you were petting, asked me more details. And he was like, Oh, so was it like, uh, like uh, petting or like, um, like heavy makeout, you know, clothing on God. and off when I was like, you should just ask me if I feel like I have kept the law of chastity and left it at that and let it be I my know. own interpretation. But instead it was his and it's just, and it was, it varies from bishop to bishop and, and, and it's really not okay, but neither here nor there. Um, there's, there's a lot of great groups in Utah and in other places that are, are um, advocating for our kids and, and others mm-hmm. to not be re-traumatized or, or um, blamed or shamed or even victim blamed yeah. if they're survivors yeah. of sexual assault. And so it's, this really hard thing it does get me a little fired up so I always have to just kind of pull myself out of it but it is a very interesting piece with like language too because you know as a teenager I'm like petting Mm -hmm. hookup um you know even dating uh in the Mormon religion dating is very casual you go on a date so if I say oh I'm dating him or I have dated him or we're going on a date. Like it can all be very different, um, to others, but they say you shouldn't ever have like a boyfriend or a long-term, you know, until you're ready to get married, which is so weird to me. Cause I'm like, don't you want to see like, if you guys jive, if not, like you've just been on a couple dates Yeah, because they want to avoid the hookups. Cause if mm-hmm. you get too comfortable, at least that's my interpretation. Um, so just really interesting for one being in Utah, for two growing up LDS, um, or Mormon and just kind of having that, that language very, I mean, even soaking, like, it's just so funny, but, um, for you, as far as, you know, with your book and your research hookup, did you like find a definition that majority of folks understand, or is that varying? Yeah, but before we even go there, um, thank you so much for being so vulnerable and and you know um, using your experience to uh, to fuel something that that is constructive, right? That is uh, supporting groups uh, who 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 advocate for talking about sex and making our our young ones aware. Uh, you know, give them the opportunity that we were denied, <laughs> whether we whether we liked it or not. Um, and, and, and it's so important. And I say that because I am also very passionate about that myself. Um, this idea that when you stop conversations about sex, you stop all conversations around sex. And that includes sexual confidence, that includes sexual self-esteem, that includes sexual assault. Like if you mm-hmm. if you're not talked if you're not taught like what feels good, you're also not taught what feels bad. Right? And that words can seem violating. Right? If we don't teach ourselves and to that our young ones how to set boundaries that include sexual boundaries, how are we getting to a world where we are safe? We're not, right? I mean, this 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 formula of, <laughs> of not talking about sex so that we all stay 
non horny is is <laughs> is not working out right yeah. it's it's really not working out so we need a rehaul yeah. and i'm glad that you're doing Preach. god's work <laughs> um um and now talking about hookups now just like you everybody is confused about hookups including the scholars who have studied it since since 2000 so the first documented study on hookups happened in the year 2000 that should tell you the recency of this area of mm-hmm. of research um so it was done by these three researchers named Paul McManus and Hayes and um they were like what is a hookup uh, let me let us lead the way and give students our understanding of what the hookups are <laughs> and that formula did not work um because other researchers did a student led formula that is okay you tell me what hookups are so overall hookups have three prongs attached to it number one is there's going to be some sort of sexual activity that happens in a hookup that's the first thing whether it is sex or sexual intercourse it depends it it's something sexual that's that's happening which requires body to body touch um the second thing is it can be between absolute strangers the way we see it on media right like they're you're just meeting with somebody super hot and you just like thrust them against the wall and like you did something in the bathroom and then you get out and you never talk about it so you can it can happen between strangers but it can also happen between friends between acquaintances between ex lovers it can be and the third thing is that hookups should be a one time thing that's how we think of hookups like you know we hooked up once and it's like a one night standish sort of a situation or a booty callish sort of a situation but as it turns out you can hook up with the same person multiple times and still mm-hmm. call it a hookup um but all of it is under the umbrella of let's keep a cash let's keep a casual just because i'm having sex with you multiple times a month and hanging out with you does not mean shit that could be a hookup scenario like we hooked up a few times right like mm-hmm. that that could be it so the entire for the lack of a better term a vibe of the relationship is that one which is casual so hookups are sexual can happen multiple times between people who are complete strangers or people who are friends and but it has to be casual yeah that's what i'm like trying to even thinking like oh they're hooking up mm. you know oh really yeah. you know it's like yeah. give me the tea right 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 um but yeah it's typically quite casual um in conversation you know how it it's non-committal mm-hmm. um a lot of times it's either like the lack of another word mm-hmm. too um you know it's like we're not dating per se or like dating for a goal of a long-term relationship but we're interacting enough that we're hooking up and wherever yeah. it goes let it so be it kind yeah. of are you ready for like 2 minutes of nerdgasm yes please do okay. all right uh <laughs> we're looped so, up and ready to go so let's do it <laughs> so this is something that i i read when i was like trying to understand what exactly happens in a hookup um so if i tell you to to tell me what exactly happens on a first date how would you how would you explain that like what happens on a first date Oh, like a, a like a typical right now first date or a typical yeah, like a my typical. first date. <laughs> like a typical typical right now first date. First date what happens? Um I, th- I think it's like a lot of just like 
20 questions almost like, let me get to know you a little bit. Let me tell you about my hobbies. Let's do that. Typical public place. And then if it's going well, we can decide together if it's going to move somewhere more private or if it's going to happen again, or if we're like, get me the fuck out of here and I'll lie to you and not talk to you actually. (laughs) Yeah. And that's very accurate. But the question is where, where did you get this idea? Where did you get this idea of a typical play-by-play? Mm. I know media for sure. I also know um, from my experience as well, a lot of times it was uh, play-by-play similar, maybe less of the hooking up, um, but more of the like, is this going to be more or do we want to drag this out a little bit longer than our like coffee date or whatever it was defined or agreed upon the first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure where. Yeah. yeah. Right. But this, this happens so in- instinctually, we don't even stop and question like, where is my idea of a date coming from? Like who's to say what's a typical date. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the foundation of what you call the script theory that is whenever we are working uh, in our daily lives we're all following invisible scripts right so for example if you go at a restaurant in the u.s your script says that whether you like the food or not you got a tip right but if you go to europe or parts of asia tips are not mandatory the script is different over there mm-hmm. does it mean that this script is right than the other no they're just different so that's script for you. I told you we we're going to get into Nordgasm zone. So like Love I'm it. taking you to the second one. Um, so now these scripts work in three tiers for us. So the first tier that you said is the media controlling the narrative, right? It's called the intercultural script. Uh, and the script comes from one, through the media, and two, our interactions with friends. Like when we see them also enacting this, we think, oh, okay, so this is the vibe that we're giving. Then you have the interpersonal script that is, okay, I have this GPS for a date, but then when you're on the date, people say, oh, you should not be talking about your ex, right? But then Mm. both of you get comfortable and you do talk about your ex, right? So you're deviating from the intercultural script and making your own interpersonal scripts. So both of you are uh, controlling that. The third script is intra-psychic script. Intra-psychic script is, what are the actions that are happening to you and what you're doing telling you about yourself, right? So if you kiss somebody and if you are somebody who's like, I have broken my vow of chastity for this kiss, that kiss would mean something very different to you versus somebody who's on her whole phase, right? This is just another kiss for her, right? So why are you, why are you looking into it? So that intra-psychic script is how are we interpreting our actions and the other person's actions. And that's where the trickiness of hookups comes through. That is, I am hooking up with this person multiple times. In my head, this has become exclusive-ish, monogamish. But the other person is working with the intra-psychic script that we didn't set any boundaries. Like, I thought this was willy-nilly, mm-hmm. free street. So that's where it gets a little bit tricky. Okay. Um, and I, I'm very familiar with that model. So you walking me through it, I'm like, I can even see the circles going in. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but very interesting to lay that on or you know, looking through those lenses for dating. I Mm. just never stop to ask myself why, um, I do, uh, like to 
tell society to fuck off as often as I can. So it's just like, it's really funny. Cause I'm all, no, you're going to meet my standards or not. I'm not going on a date with you. I mean, even back to my online dating profile and, you know, someone's like, well, I didn't meet this, this, I, I seriously had a checklist and I said, don't talk to me if you can't mark all of these. They weren't like uh, ridiculous. It was really just, these are all my values. And I don't want to spend, you know, several weeks trying to hash this out through messaging or anything texting. Um, so it's really interesting to just see how much we go, um, just through life with the God, following those scripts without yeah. questioning it. Without Nothing at all. I mean, just, it? yeah. Or when you do question it, everyone freaks out around you. Right. Why right. did you just offer to pay? Right. You're yeah. the girl. Or, or like, what? No, you know, and it's just, it's really interesting. Um, yeah. to see We're that. just a dumb species. Like, I don't, I'm just amazed how we made it this far. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, evolution should not have supported us. Like, it's, uh, I don't know. We're just, I'm just amazed every day. <laughs> Idiocracy? Isn't that the movie that that's, comes to us? Is, is there a movie about this? I'm going to watch. Yes, that we get dumber and dumber as we <sighs> keep going. But I don't know if you've seen Don't Look Up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was like, I think Idiocracy maybe came out in the late 80s, early 90s, maybe, maybe mid 90s. I don't know. Mm. It's been a long time. So it was like the Don't Look Up is like this generation's idiocracy, what we oh, had. So is that right? No, I, I'm, I'm more um, affected by this SNL skit that I just saw. Um, it says we are stupid. Um, it's it's just the best thing ever. Like SNL, some it, it gets ninety percent wrong for me. I'm like I don't laugh at half of their sketches, but for some of them, they really do get it right. And this was one of them. Like <laughs> we're just collectively stupid. Like you know what? Um, and and it was a plea to for people to to go vote. So people like don't go voting because they're like, oh, it's a stupid vote. And they are saying that even if you're stupid, it's a vote. Just like it counts. Just go and vote for people. Anyways, what's worse than a lame joke is like explaining that joke. But uh, here I am. <laughs> oh, we're having fun. I love it. Um, so about your journey, your personal experience with online dating, and then, you know, what came about with your research Mm-hmm. Um, anything just really surprise you that you were just like, holy shit, why haven't we uncovered this? Or we are headed to the trash. Like our society mm-hmm. sucks. Um, anything like that come up for you? Mm, you know, it's something that I, that didn't surprise me as such, but, um, but I did see it through my own experiences. And we're not going to go into graphic details about that <laughs> is, your chances of engaging in riskier sex um, when you're hooking up with somebody through online dating apps. Uh, what happens in online dating app-based hookups is it's good in a way if you're looking for just hookups and, and hookups only because your intentions are straight, right? There is no alcohol involved where you're like feeling this guy or girl up and like, ooh, I thought they gave a, a, a signal there is no misinterpretation. Like you're talking with this person, probably you've led, led with very suggestive photos of yourself. And that's a primer for this other person to get it that mm, I'm here not to be your wife, but uh, to explore my sexuality, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the intentionality is very clear. Uh, now what happens is 
because you're having these sexual interactions with this person, with your partner through dating apps, uh, first is the the dating app that you're using. So if it's Tinder, the expectation is already there that this is going to be sexual. Then you ha- might have your suggestive photos so that exacerbates the sexualness. Then mm-hmm. you go into chatting and you might just, you know, exchange some thirst traps. So like the, sex- the sexualness of your conversation mm-hmm. is escalating with every step. So when you do meet, right, there is a certain level of comfort that's there and a certain level of uh, predictability that's there that could lead you to engage in sexual behaviors that you would not have engaged in in other situations. Uh, and one of them is condom negotiation. Um that can be very tricky. And again, just like religion, uh, the research on condom negotiation is also divided. One side of the story says that the more familiar you are with your partner, the more you're likely to use a condom. Uh, and another part of the research says the more familiar you are with your partner, the less likely you're going to use a condom because you're, you have a certain level of trust with them. Mm-hmm. So both of them, we can see why they would be the case. But in my research, I saw that students who did meet their partners through dating apps were more likely to engage in riskier sex. So now this riskier sex could be they make, they went in for a making out session and they went straight into intercourse, uh, could be protected, but it could also be unprotected. So that's what I would say. That is, uh, especially in heterosexual relationships, uh, for women to go in uh, knowing that they will need to stand their ground uh, when it comes to condom mm-hmm. negotiation because it is important. And there are cases of stealthing. There are cases of sweet talking. <laughs> there are. We cannot be messing around with any of that, especially with like the situation right now. Um, where the Supreme Court is just in mercury retrograde. Uh, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. that's how I could like explain it. Um, we need we need to be much more safer and less flagrant with our sexual choices if we have decided to engage in casual sexual encounters. Oh, I love that. Just the more we talk about it, and I love the the stand your ground, be prepared for mm-hmm. that fight, and I. I, you know, I like how you called it condom negotiation. Mm-hmm. Um, and even how you said, oh, we might get sweet talked. No, straight up coerced into not mm-hmm. using one. I mean, that mm-hmm. is sexual assault. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and so for, for folks not even realizing that where you have come to the conclusion, we are going to use a condom and then a partner like slips one off or is being sneaky. That is taking your rights away. That is assault. And so, um, and I will scare the shit out of anyone who, who thinks that's not. Um, and so, especially when we don't have full control of our bodies right now, um, because of our, our political climate and who knows what other bullshit our, (laughs) our, our (laughs) dumb species is cooking up. Oh gosh. Um, but absolutely. I think that's yeah. really, really important to talk about and be just prepared. Yeah. Just be prepared. Be yeah. prepared for the worst mm-hmm. and, and hope you get a, a positive experience that again, empowers your sexuality. Really, really fun. A lot of people are having really a lot of fun and that's why it's yeah. continuing yeah, it can to be a fun. Oh. And you know what? I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to doom scroll no, this. No. Um, 
and I don't want, I mean, and that's, that's another thing that's, there's, I mean, female sexuality is such a tricky thing to begin with, where uh, on one, one, one hand, we are asked to be like, cha- I mean, we are chastised for, for being sexual. And on the other hand, when we are going to be sexual, we are like, <gasps> scared shitless, like, oh my gosh, like you are going to be like in this position where you're one-offing with this guy about condom negotiation, or you're going to be assaulted. Mm-hmm. Let's just have fun. And you know, this is for all the men as well. Uh, and this is for same sex relationships because uh condom negotiation and gay relationships extremely important right Mm -hmm. i mean we need to do that and the most surprising result (laughs) about non-protected sex was lesbians they are not using protection and i've hasn't i was having this conversation with another sex uh, uh, uh you know sex coach and I wrote this in my paper that, uh, you know, same-sex uh, hookups, especially for females, they need to start using dental dams. I didn't they know. They do. I just didn't know what a dental dam looked like. Yeah. Um, and this woman, she showed me, <laughs> and it's seared in my brain. And I'm like, I can see why people would not want to use this. Um, because uh, it's... It's a tricky thing to use. I don't want to put it out there like saying, discouraging people to use dental dams. I would just ask the dental dams company to like do something better. Um, because do I better. Can, <laughs> just do better. Like create something which just, just does not look like me poking my tongue through a deflated balloon. Like it really looks like that. Um, but I can see why people in same-sex relationships, especially if they're female sexual relationships, they wouldn't think that you know, protection is a conversation they should have. You absolutely should be having that, right? Yes. You can you can contract like very uh, like d- diseases that can stick with you <laughs> for your life if you're mm-hmm. if you're going down on a woman or on your partner, and uh, and God forbid something happens, right? So like, protection is not just for gay relationships. Protection is not just for heterosexual relationships. Protection is for every relationship, and and boundary every setting. Relationship. Even long-term marriage committed, it's so great to just be comfortable with that. Um, Now, I love that you brought up dental dams because I'm like, I've seen them. I know how they work. Mm -hmm. I've never personally used one. Mm -hmm. I know, shock and awe. Um, But- I, I was talking to a bunch of girlfriends and I was like, we should have a ladies night where we all get drunk and play with them and like, You're right. Get oh my comfortable. Gosh. Can I be invited? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, let's, you know, like, cause you have like the girls nights where they like, you know, get the mirror out, look at your Yoni, connect to right? it, all that fun stuff. But I was like, why don't we do that with protection? Try some different things. Like just be familiar with this product. So you yeah. aren't shuffling around in the dark and like, and so you're already so comfortable in using it. You're confident yeah. in how it works, yeah. how to get them. Mm-hmm. You have them readily available. Um, and so, I mean, that's the number one failure from condom is user error. It's, yeah. it's not the actual product. It's how it's being used. And so just getting comfortable with them, Yeah, you know, it's, it's something, uh, my, I have sons going through puberty right now. And I'm like, when oh, was he 13? Yes. <laughs> my nephew is 13. Oh my gosh. Yes. I hate it. I hate it so much. He he has a personality now and I'm like, what? You're not emotionally dependent on me anymore? Right. And they're that? so funny in their own yeah. way. And other times I'm like, no, no, <laughs> don't go back dare. to 11. <laughs> 
it was such a jump right like mm-hmm. oh my gosh pre covid they were pre teen and post covid they are like teen yeah it's 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 a lot to take in it right? needs to stop. like they were just like towards the end of elementary school and now they're like in junior high yeah. but still living life that they can skate by like covid classes and i was yeah. like what the heck it's driving me yeah. nuts but yeah because yeah, i'm like when do i start allowing him to explore that product right mm-hmm. a condom and just saying you know what just play with one they yeah. can be fun balloons they're gonna just be understand cringed. what they look like right yeah. <laughs> cringe they, right? they will be cringe i mean i have never spoken about sex with my parents like i you know what i learned about sex from my from porn mm-hmm. i learned about sex from my friends i learned about sex from hollywood i learned about sex from bollywood i learned about sex from all of these places but I'll tell you this, that my mom created a safe space for me to come to her if I needed advice, right? Mm-hmm. So like my mom is the first person who said, who insisted that I use a condom when I'm having sex because she was like, listen, I don't want to know. I don't want to know what you're doing, but just be safe. And that was enough for me, you know, yeah. instead of somebody demonizing sex for me. Um, and and I think as parents, the the faster we come there, we don't have to be the walking, talking, virtual 3D Kama Sutra for our children. They don't have to come to us. Mm -hmm. But just know that if you have a question and and if you're curious, I'm here. And you're going to be cringed out. That's okay. Have your moment. But then when you're past that, we can have a real conversation. Mm, Right. I mean, that's, I I tease him because I was like, you are far more, um educated than a lot of your peers right and <laughs> thanks you to your mom access. yes you're welcome you have access to oh a lot gosh. of information that people don't have access to or or don't have that relationship and and so you know i i give him a hard time teasing him all the time but he he he's really great to take it and so i'm like oh i don't know when that time is to really um say and and start getting comfortable with like all of these things that are available out there cuz I remember even just like the word condom, like at 13, oh, yeah. you were like, oh my gosh, he, and it's like, <laughs> it's a safety. This should be yeah. like super easy to like right. talk about. I don't, you know, giggle at soaking. I don't care, but condom shouldn't be one that you fear yeah. or like that's silly. Anyway, it's just one of those things that oh, as a parent, you're going to question. I'm going to, I'm always questioning, but, um, for yourself growing up, you said, you know, your education was even your sex education was even like Bollywood and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not over familiar with other than like kissing is kind yeah. of like a big deal. Yeah. But how uh, was that exposure? You know, uh, Bollywood is great. It Nobody does romance like Bollywood does romance. Let me tell you that. It, there's a there's a very it's it's just it it. Oh my God, it romanticizes suffering. That's what it is. Like a lot of the, mm. the yeah, a lot of our love stories that are there is are these two people who are just so maniacally in love with each other, the two main characters, and they have to fight against all odds to be together. So it could be religious odds, it could be class odds, it could be distance odds. So like you fall in love with the idea of love. So... And yeah, so that's what I learned from Bollywood. That is okay. Like I, I, I want to fall in love with the idea of love. 
to do the sexual bit, though. <laughs> I was like, tell me more. What that, did you learn? That's when my sexual awakening happened with Nick Carter of the Backstreet Boys. Like, that's just, <laughs> I'm dating myself completely. Like, what happened to him, God only knows. Um, um, but I, you know, you watch these Hollywood movies where where things are more graphic and they're shown more openly. Um, and you have select art house movies in, in the Indian cinema landscape, which will talk about sexual um, scenarios. I also grew up in the age of the interwebs, where I the inter- online and cybersex not in like there were no videos it was just me typing random shit um and i was like 18f santa monica when i was like 13f calcutta india it was just me cosplaying and me getting to know like oh my god like what is this guy telling me and i didn't even know if the other person was a guy or not so i grew up in wild times it was wild coyote country back then uh i don't think (laughs) gen z is even like (laughs) you can't even come close to the crazy shit that we have done um because we didn't know any better like um so my my sexual exploration honestly started with the internet mm-hmm. um and 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 getting going to weird porn websites because i was so curious about sex and having these viruses crop in and i still remember it like yesterday like this this cartoon with her like fake boobs as a wallpaper got stuck and it was a virus and the every time i opened my computer it would flash and everybody knew that the only person who could have done it is me because my sister was like this holier than thou person (laughs) it was no way that she did it and it was like it has to be me so i got into a whole bunch of trouble um but look at me now <laughs> look at me now mom and dad are making money on hookups talking about <laughs> sex in new york city yay oh that's so fun um yes those those chat room days man i mean i remember being in like keyboarding in school where they're teaching you how to type and i was like just stick us into a chat room i know you're gonna learn how to type Plenty so quick love. yeah 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 and like yahoo messenger oh my gosh oh, why yes. lived on those days when you the little moving emojis yeah which are, weren't even called emojis then but those were like the hot thing because you had to have someone send them to you right. and then save them they weren't right. like searchable you couldn't just find them anyway we used to forward emails remember like yes. now people forward memes we used to forward whole emails oh my gosh and tiktoks like that's all the way i mm. talk to like a lot of friends and just send them tiktoks and before it was like forwarding emails wow we definitely dated ourselves but it's i think we fun. lost the entire gen z population who were listening to us like the entire <laughs> just I'm, I'm sorry like <laughs> you just had to you just you had, to, had to listen to that yeah you just had to be there you know <laughs> it was a different time <laughs> oh that's so great and so what have you learned about the gen z population too as they were a big part of your study oh, what have i learned about them they're, they're not that different <laughs> They're, they're foreign creatures yeah for yeah, me they're, yeah they're you know what i i don't think human behavior shifts so drastically over generations it's not like oh we were one way and like the next generation is like so different than us mm-hmm. not really it's just 
the acceptance of different types of sex has gone up, right? So, um, for example, sugar dating, right? Like, we didn't have sugar dating back in our day. Uh, even if we did, it was not mainstream. No. But nowadays, 14% of college students are sugar dating. And you see... Really? Yeah, and you see content on, uh, you know, uh, in, in TikToks where, you know, they're like, oh, I'm here because I, my sugar daddy paid me money. And that's becoming like more, yeah, commonplace. Less stigmatized. Um, yeah. Less stigmatized, yeah. Um, so I think that uh, the second thing is the rise in LGBTQ identifying individuals. Uh, which I think is highly positive. Uh, but in terms of like engaging in sexual acts, they are not going to orgies. That's not happening. They are they are being sexual without having sex. So there are different ways in which you're expressing yourself, that, mm. that you're a sexual human being. And that could be sexting. That could be putting up suggestive photographs. Uh, and they are very, very chill. That's what I. That's what I found out. I'll read out a, a quote to you. Um, this one person said, uh, "We had been talking for a while. After we had exchanged Snapchats, we would talk on there, send pictures, and video call on Skype. We both admitted our feelings for each other. Then we decided we wanted to go on a date. We decided upon a location that worked for both of us. Then she picked me up, and we drove there and had a date. So a date." comes in much later right wow. like they have so much mediated communication before so by the time the first date happens that becomes a significant hallmark in that relationship versus for us maybe that first date was the the beginning of our relationship this is you you have skypes you have snapchats you have streaks uh and then you have a date so for them a date could mean something more serious than me or you Whoa, that is really interesting to think about. Can we even blind date anymore? I mean, because even if someone tells me someone's name, I'm going to go see what social media they have. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, they've got to have some type of online footprint. Yeah. I, you know. <laughs> I'm not you, above you trying to find through. them. <laughs> right. And you know what? It's it's not it's not like we are morbidly curious that too, but sometimes this can be just a self-preservation strategy for women at yeah, least. You know, like we want to protect ourselves. Like we want to send our location and and be be aware. Uh but yeah, I don't think blind dates are something people are fucking around with anymore. Like I just want to know your social security right now. Right. If I'm going on a date with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting that like, that was just something, I mean, I, I don't think I was ever set up on a blind date. Um, it was maybe just a slight generation. I was like on the tail end of that possibly. Mm. Um, but it's just so interesting to see where we have shifted yeah. and, and where the actual physical date is a hallmark because you've been building up to, and you've had so many other types of connection, mm -hmm. um, before that, mm -hmm. that's really cool. Yeah. Um, but also can be, you know, just a warning sign of it's okay to communicate deeper before yeah. that. Mm -hmm. Um, we don't have to just communicate in swipes and emojis mm -hmm. and gifts. That's it. I think that's oh. the best, that's the best wrap up statement ever. <laughs> <laughs> Done, don't communicate in emojis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love it. So where can they find you, your information, your research, your book, um, 
be your best friend. Yes, please uh, come talk to me. Uh, I'm on all the socials. Most of my handles uh, is I am Aditi Paul. It's the handle that I use on Instagram. It's the handle that I use on Twitter. If you go to Twitter, I'll look very lame because I only have like 100 plus followers. If I go to Instagram, I look a little bit more cooler because I have like a couple more followers. But I look my coolest on LinkedIn. So <laughs> um, if you want to communicate or like get in touch with me, please get in touch with me. My name is Aditi Paul. My book, The Current Collegiate Hookup Culture, is out on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Noble, wherever. But I'll tell you this, if you really do want to support me, just follow me on my socials because that that impacts me more than selling another copy of my book. You can get it in your library and save your dollars, get some condoms. Love it. Yes. Or some dental <laughs> dams. Let's do it. Damn it. That, that would have been a great thing to just slip into each one of your books as a little dental dam. A it's not a bookmark. It's just a gentle dam. <laughs> thank you so so much it was so much fun um really i could talk to you all day and yes i love all the data and just nerding out on that was fun but just the the personal connection and and all of that so thank you so much for your time for everyone listening please follow us on social media as well give uh the podcast a five-star rating if you think it's worthy of one on apple podcasts it helps us get out to more folks and Um, If you're interested in becoming part of the Cool Kids Club on Patreon and get some more fun content and get to chat with us on our live Q&As, you can go to patreon.com forward slash salty sex cast and each and every cent that comes in from that just gets put back into the podcast. So just want to thank all of our patrons, our current patrons right now. Um, And if you want more information, you can always just visit saltysexcast.com. It's all right there. Love y'all. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Salty Sex Cast. Ready for round two? Find us on Facebook.